cool cats and kittens. Uh, welcome to Feeling Chatty. Anyone else watching Tiger King too? That just me? No, just me. Okay, I'm not as impressed with this one as I as I am as I was with the first one. Um, my name is Alicia, and um, you can call me Alicia. That's probably the only time you'll ever hear my government name. And I am here with my bestie for the rusty Sherry to bring you our new reintroduced, rebranded, sparkly new podcast. Feeling chatty? Question mark. I am so excited. Like this rebrand just feels so much more like us, and we're not boxing ourselves in to only really talk about like two or three things. We pretty much have a very wide variety of topics that we're going to cover, which is really what it's like for us whenever we talk, anyway. And I'm so glad you introduced us. And I know that we tried to record this once already, and in that time. Since then, I have forgotten, again, that our podcast is now called Feeling Chatty. (laughs) Oh, no. See, I've got a cheat, though. Like, I can look down, and then it says, like, where we're at in Anchor. Yeah. Feeling Chatty is the host, so. Yeah. I'm looking right at the screen. I've been looking at it this whole time. Do you think that it registered in my brain? (laughs) My brain doesn't record important information. What? I'm excited about the the rebrand. The feeling chatty was chosen specifically because literally that's how most of our conversations initiate. One of us will text the other, hey, are you feeling chatty? And then we'll be like, yeah, give me a call. And then we'll be on the phone for two hours. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That intro felt a lot better too. I wasn't stumbling as bad. Yeah, I think that we got a lot of our like jitters out. Got a yes. flow going. I'm glad that we're re-recording. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're okay. Not perfect. We're not perfect. We're perfectly imperfect. Um, okay. So I guess we can get this rolling with, do you want to get rolling with what are you playing or do you want to just go ahead and dive into the, um, the introductions and then we can do like after, after talk. Yeah. Let's dive into introductions. We'll get the boring stuff out of the way. And then I would love to talk about what I'm playing, like what we're watching. Speaking of Tiger King 2, I know that I just said we're not going to talk about this right now, but I don't want to forget. I did try start watching season two, episode one. I got about 15 minutes in and completely lost interest. So I don't know if I'll be watching the entire season. It didn't catch me in the first 15. So we'll have to come back to this later because I, I do have opinions on it. Um okay. Fuck it. No, no, no. This is our podcast. We do what we want. Um, <laughs> so I love the first one because like I said to anyone, like anyone I've ever told like to watch it, here's like I describe it as like a fucking train wreck because that's what it is. It's awful. You just you can't look away. There's so much happening. But so with the second one, and you made a really good point about it You're, whenever you and I spoke about it, uh, that you know, Joe is still in jail. So what really could go on? And I guess on some level, like they did do kind of what all could be done, but it, it, it really didn't catch, like you said, it really didn't catch my attention. I made it to episode three, made it through halfway episode three. And from what I understand, the, um, the fourth and the fifth episode is like the first, the fourth and the fifth episode are like the true Tiger King sequels. Because episode, spoiler alert, do I want a spoiler alert? Do I want to be that person? How long has it been out for? Listen, I feel like we're in the day and age now with everyone streaming and everyone want to talk about what they're streaming, that people have probably like a week before they can complain about spoilers. And by the time this podcast airs, it'll be a week since the debut. So I think it's good. But I also don't care because I'm not going to watch it. So. <laughs> I just, I guess this isn't really, actually, I think this came up in an article um, months before this was released. They're just talking about, like, they dive into, like, Carol Baskin's uh, missing ex-husband. I won't give details. Um, it's not as good as you hope it is. I've watched many a murder documentary, and it's it's just not as good as you want it to be so that's a shame and like like I, like she was saying before one thing that i think is definitely going to be missing are joe exotic antics because how much pre-recorded <sighs> film can they really put in to pad it like he's going to be talking from jail 
it's going to be boring about him trying to get freed and how he's been set up. And honestly, I just, uh, maybe because I didn't really care for the first one, I thought it was idiotic. And it wasn't for me the type of idiotic it was meant to be. Like everyone was like, a, oh, it's like a train wreck. You're watching it and you can't stop because it's like, it's a nightmare. You know, it's a nightmare. You know, they're trash, but you can't stop watching. And for me, it was like, oh my God, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And I just, <laughs> I never connected with the first one to begin with. <laughs> I really need us to like get on. Cause like I have a wonderful follow-up that I actually really need you to watch. If you haven't already, you want to talk about like watching like a legitimate, like Tiger King was mild compared to the wonderful whites of West Virginia. What even I've never heard of that in my entire life. And it sounds amazing. Oh. So Okay. We'll check that out. <laughs> we're gonna timestamp this. Um, we're gonna timestamp that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that that goes up on Facebook, so neither of us forget that I mentioned it. Okay. Awesome. Sorry about the side. Why am I sorry? I'm not sorry. This is us. we're not this sorry. This is this who is- we are as people. You guys know we're scatterbrained, but we we ha- we have good intention on staying on track. Okay. We're only about six minutes in. I think we're doing great to have a little chattiness before we get to our topic. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. So um, introductions and then we'll get back to, you know, we'll get back to our own personal train wreck. Um, Do we want to do that thing or do we want to, do we want to introduce ourselves or do we want to have the other person introduce us? Did you enjoy the introducing of me? Because if not, we can just jump in and introduce ourselves. Kind of just, you know, hey, this is me. This is what I'm about. Things and stuff. It's up to you. I don't care either way. At the risk of saying something that might offend somebody, I will I will stick to introducing myself. So if I yeah. piss anyone off in my immediate family, then they're just pissed off and I can deal with yeah, it. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, we recorded 30 minutes of an episode and we did this thought thing that was, I still think it was kind of fun. Don't, don't get me wrong. Where I introduced her and she introduced me. And Leisha went first because she's braver than I am. And she <laughs> gave my life story, but had some very specifically um, not very nice things to say to people that are in my life. And I just kind of gave an introduction of her, not so much a life story. So that's why we restarted because they were just not the same. So yeah, we will do an intro slash life story, but we can tell our own. That's fine with me. In my defense, you said Leisha could tell me my life story. So my my very <laughs> literal mind went to life story. Okay. Yeah. And I and that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I can't help it. If I know the dirt, okay, I spilled the tea, I did it, and I'm not necessarily sorry, but I'm sorry we had to re-record because I fucking went there. No hesitation. And that's why I love you, and this is why you're my best friend. And sometimes as my best friend and as your best friend, I have to be like, Leisha, we can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to start us off? Let's get to know you. Tell us about yourself, Leisha. Okay, so um, my name is Alicia, and that's one of, did I already say that? I already said that, so no, you didn't hear that. My name is Alicia. Um, I'm 27 years old, about to turn 28 here in December. I uh, am married. Uh, my husband and I, Nick, have, I don't want to say husband. I like to say, I usually say partner whenever I'm online. Um, Me too. My, yeah, my partner and I, like, normalizing the language. I really, I love that. Casey, did, did, did you see it on Casey's post, Casey's timeline? I did not. I've been saying yeah. partner for a long time because I'm obsessed with British TV and British culture. And that's how they refer to their significant others as a partner. And hey, I've just always fucking, loved that. The fucking Brits have it down because, like, you know, here in America, like, it's so gendered. And, like, you know, um, the, um, I don't want to get all the, I can't. Guys, I'm dyslexic as fuck, and I'll never get the the initials correct. The um, the the gay and the trans community, and you know, LGBTQ. Yes, what you said. Um, <laughs> Got you. They like you know whenever they're talking about you know their significant other, you know they talk about their partner, and then it was like uh, make this someone like I guess maybe on Tumblr or Twitter was like 
oh, now the straights are doing it too. And then like um, another person, you know, was like, was like, no, these people are like our actual fucking allies because they're normalizing, they're normalizing the term. So that yeah. way, you look at a woman and like, you know, she says her partner, you don't know if that means her, her you know, her boyfriend, her fiance, her husband, her girlfriend, her fiance, her wife, you know, and, and right. it doesn't fucking matter because it's just her partner. It's not like a signifier um, just for non-same, like for uh, heterosexual relationships. So I was like, I'm, I'm fucking doing that. That, that clicks with me. So my partner, Nick and I have been together um, for going on 10 years. We've been married for eight we have two beautiful children together. Um, Goose is seven years old. He has autism and ADHD. So I'm riding the special needs train over here, special needs parenting train. Um, if you're also a passenger, hey, what's up? Hello. I feel you. Um, my daughter, Abigail, Abby, Abby Mogale, Abigail. So many variations. So many. <laughs> yeah. She's five, just started kindergarten. Um, school has been a hassle this year. I'm not enjoying it. School was not fun last year or the year before that. And this year has been pretty much better, but it's, gosh, it's still fucking school. And yeah. They're trying to, they're trying to kill me. Um, I have, um, I have two cats, Bowie. Uh, he was my anniversary present. Mm, I've had him about four years now, give or take, three or four years, and we recently adopted Elvira, um, my little trash goblin. She was found outside on the trash, and she's obsessed with the fucking trash. She did not fall far from where I rescued her. She's adorable. I love her. Um, I like to play video games. I like to drink coffee. Um, I like to embroider. I occasionally stream on Twitch, um, twitch.tv backslash Leisha Mags. I play horror games whenever I'm motivated. Uh, you can also find me playing Stardew Valley. Um, now I've got the Switch that my bestie for the rest of you over here, Sherry, gave me for my birthday slash Christmas. Another reminder so you don't get me anything else. And, uh, <laughs> I'll forget I yeah. really forget. Um, it came with Animal Crossing, which has consumed my entire life. I wake up in the morning and I think to myself, I just got to get these kids to school so I can come home and get started on my Animal Crossing day. I get bored in the middle of the day. Animal Crossing. I don't really feel like playing Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Before I go to bed at night. A little bit more Animal Crossing. Some people might say that's a problem, but that that that's a them problem, not a me problem. Because I'm, I'm enjoying the freak out of myself. I love that for you, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, TV shows. Um, pretty much the only TV show I watch. Well, I now obviously I was watching um, Tiger King. Uh, let's see. Um, Great British Baking Show. Love GBBO. That's about it. See, I love how we say Great. Uh, uh, GBBO because Great British Bake Off, like the British mm-hmm. version, but like whenever you and I talk about it, it's Great British Baking Show. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> when I abbreviate it, it's GBBO, but like when I say it out loud, it's Great British Baking Show. Like I, yeah. it's, it like rolls off the tongue easier for me because that's how I knew it before I even knew it had a different name. But I like the, I really like the abbreviation GBBO a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think that pretty much sums me up. Um, I like Mexican food. Uh, I like my cats. I like warm, soft blankets. I like pajama pants. You make you sound like you make yourself sound so simple. She is a dynamic friend. She is a very complex individual. She has very high emotional intelligence and empathy. She is a very compassionate person. And very caring person with a very big heart. And she's that type of friend that everyone needs where <clears throat> she can be petty Leisha. She can be logical Leisha, rational Leisha. And she will hype you up when you need it. 
And she'll be honest with you, but not in like a blunt way, in a way that you're better off for it. But she's not just going to let you leave the house looking like crap. Like, you know, those friends that are like, does this dress make me look fat? And everyone's too afraid to say yes. Leisha's not afraid to say yes, but she's not going to be like, yeah, you look horrible. Like, don't leave the house looking like that. She's more of like a, listen, this isn't my first choice for you. I think you're more flattering in this. That's the type of friend you need. And that's the type of friend I have. Um, that reminds me of a story about my mother. My mother is not that type of friend. My mother is, um, my mother is the blunt type of friend. Thank God. She'll tell you if you got a zit on your face, which is what I aspire. Like that, that's what I grew up with. My mother's the type of woman who will tell you if you have a fucking zit on your face before you walk out the door and God bless her for it. But there was one time I was in school and I was wearing, I remember exactly what I was wearing. I was wearing these jeans and I had a little undershirt on, I had a little cami on for layering and then a black shirt on. And I was oh, fucking, layering. I, was, I was feeling myself. And I go to walk out that door and she said, Leisha, you got a muffin top. And I was like, ah! oh, no, mom. Oh, no. I'll never forget that. Never. <laughs> and then whenever she goes to an old folks home in 30 years, she you know why. You know what no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I mean, Lisa. I'm not giving you ideas. <laughs> I mean, I've already made it sadly, I've made it clear to um both my husband and my parents that um They'll probably end up living with me whenever, like whenever, but bless the poor fucking nurses whenever, I, unless Abby somehow take some way takes pity on me, which I hope she doesn't. I hope, you know, she takes pity on anyone. It's going to be her brother. Um, I'm, Obviously I hope that he would be able to live his life independently, but I'm sidetracking so hard and you're just letting me anyways, I'm going to be a fucking mess whenever I go to the nursing home. Um, I have tattoos, I have facial piercings, I have my ears gauged, and none of that is changing soon, especially the tattoos. They're they're pretty much there forever, but as yeah. far as I'm concerned, my ears are going to stay big, and my, my face is still going to have holes in it, even whenever I'm fucking 80. I'm going to be a terror. You're going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's, and then here's the thing, and right before I introduce, start introducing myself, that's that's what's crazy about body art and piercings and stuff is that you can really tell that when someone has used their body as a canvas for art and creativity when you see somebody like that especially like in a nursing home old folks home you know long care facility type thing when you see someone like that you want to ask them what kind of life that they have you know they look like they had a wild ride whereas me even though I had a very wild ride in my life and it's been um, nothing but a roller coaster, if nothing else. I have zero piercings, I have zero tattoos. So to look at me, you might not necessarily think that I've had such um, a, a journey, so to see, speak. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. I haven't. My life has been relative. Spoiler alert: my life is like it got a little rocky there whenever I first became an adult. But past that, I had a great childhood, great stable childhood, and now like we. My husband and I have kind of hit like our stride. We've had a couple of bumps, but nothing like nothing insane. No, it's just like whenever I was a kid, I saw people with tattoos and piercings. And I thought to myself, like at some point, like that's what I want to look like. And that's what I've endeavored to do. Yeah. And so. like I said, if I were like a patient care tech or a nurse at a long care facility, I feel like I'm saying that wrong. Long-term um, care facility. Yeah, long-term care. That's what it is. Long-term yeah. care facility. You were there. That, were that there. Those are the people I would want to know, like, more about. It's like, you are covered from head to toe in tattoos. Tell me everything about your life and where you've been the past 90 years. You know? <laughs> I hope I make it that fucking long. These kids you are will. trying to... You're gonna out, these... You're going to outlive all of us. <laughs> out of spite maybe i don't i don't know not even out of spite because y'all guys are gonna be like Leisha, you have to go on forever and i'm gonna be like fuck you guys i'm tired <laughs> but Personally. yeah i think Leisha, and that, that, that's another thing too like whenever how other people view you versus how you view yourself but 
don't let Leisha fool you as if she's just some, you know, like boring regular person. She is so much more dynamic and complex than that. Oh. <laughs> and for those who don't already know me, my name is Sherry. I am 25 years old. I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I have the most amazing, almost six and a half year old daughter named Kylie. For those who don't know, my daughter was hit by a car September of 2020. Um, her dad and I weren't sure she was going to survive for the first like day or two. It was very, it was a very traumatic experience, but she, even though she suffered a moderate traumatic brain injury and will have lasting effects of that for her whole life and into her adult life, she is thriving. She is in school this year in person for the first year. She's in first grade. She is doing a fantastic job adjusting to in-person learning. She loves her teachers. She loves her classmates. She loves school. Um, she did kindergarten last year, asynchronous the whole year, and it was definitely rough. So I'm grateful that the kids are back in school this year. And I'm grateful that she seems to like it because I don't, I was a little worried that she wasn't going to like being away from home for school. <laughs> you were talking about like keeping her again this year. And I'm like, Sherry, no, let her go. And you're like, I don't know, Leisha. And I'm like, do it now, now, now. What would you tell Sherry back then? I like just stop being obsessed with your daughter. I'm one of the, <laughs> I'm one of those parents that like, so my daughter and her like my daughter's father and I are not together in a like romantic relationship I do have a boyfriend his name is Alan he lives in Sydney Australia um will be in the states looking to do it um for my birthday so January of 2022 but um very much looking forward to that but yeah my boyfriend is in Australia so Brandon and I that's Kylie's father are not in a romantic relationship anymore. But what the fuck was I saying? My whole entire brain just oh, completely no. blanked on what my point was. Oh, no. I remember. I remember. <laughs> so I split my time with, uh, with Kylie's dad. And we do as close to 50-50 custody as we can with his work schedule. Because he works... 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. So she can only stay the night at his house when he's off the next morning. So I'm only getting my daughter probably about 60 to 65% of the time. And most of the time that she's gone, it's during the weekend and on Thursday nights. She does go to her dad's after school a couple of days for like an hour or so. But the, the rest of the time she's at home. And I am like one of those moms now that I'm, I mean, I was like this last year too, but like, I've, I've like always been obsessed with my daughter, but I'm one of those moms that I will literally fight tooth and nail with her while she's trying to do class asynchronous. Like we did last year, lots of arguing, lots of fighting. You're not paying attention. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. But like the thought of sending her to school, I would, I was like, I'd rather fight with her every day and keep her home so I can like keep an eye on her and like that she's safe and know she's home and like be near her and be frustrated than to send her to school. And um, a major part of me now is glad that she's there just because she is enjoying it. She is doing so well. Talk about digressing. And now we're talking about my kid. This is literally <laughs> the story of my life, <laughs> but um, there's still a part of me like, yeah, like if she, I would never, I would never be turning my daughter away if she wanted to do school from home because I just, love to be near her <laughs> no, no, um, even whenever not, not. she's frustrating me and we're fighting and we're having bad days like we had an entire we had a bad week this week and it's yeah. not entirely her fault she wasn't a, being a good listener but a friend of mine passed away last um last weekend and it's been a very 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 difficult traumatic event in my life and it's just you know trauma affects your mood so it's been yeah. a rough week around around the house. And even though her and I are just not vibing at all, like at the end of the day, I still want to spend all of my free time with her, even when she's driving me absolutely nuts where I want to pull my hair out. So <laughs> I, I wish my kids and I had that relationship. Like Abby wants to be around me 
365. And I'm like, child, I'm not that cool. At least not to her. I tell her no and shit. Like, but I fill up her cups and I give her the good snacks. So maybe, maybe I am cooler than I thought to her. But I love the way you say cooler. That is, I love your accent. I love everything about you. I love you too. Um, I'm from Tennessee, by the way, if y'all guys didn't piece it out um oh i I guess that's that's not really fair like i don't actually think you mentioned that you're from nashville when you did your intro i didn't which you know usually usually my accent's enough of an introduction but um you know for clarification yeah i'm down here in tennessee i'm actually out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere but like people don't know where that is so i just say nashville because i'm close to nashville so i'm just like yeah i'm from nashville um well, I'm in Nashville, basically. I'm actually from the middle of bumfuck nowhere, even worse. But my parents still live down there. Um, yeah, no. Um, my 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 kids like me and Goose have me and Goose have better respect for each other's boundaries than me and Abby. Goose is so fucking independent. Um, Abigail is like, thing. I need you, and I'm like, but do you though? <laughs> Um, I for oh also I guess for clarification because I forgot to mention this too. Uh, I'm mainly a stay at home mom, and uh, I uh, why did the Roku change? Okay, <laughs> anyways, um, ADHD, y'all. Um, I have ADHD and I suffer from anxiety and depression, and I'm a stay at home parent. Um, I do respite care for my in laws occasionally. But uh, and it, for those of you who don't know what respite care is, it is specialized babysitting um, for a loved for an elderly or disabled loved one. So if that's something that applies to you, if you're a caregiver of an elderly family member um, or loved one, then look into that sort of thing. But you can't have me because um, I work for one family. I am She's taken. She's I good am. at her job, though, but she's. I am. That's another job that I'm. <laughs> I put on my. Um, I was looking for jobs recently. I was kind of just like putting my feet out there to kind of see what was going on. And I, I was talking and um, or I was typing up like what my skill set was or like how would I describe my current job? And I'm like, um. Protector of safety, um, not protector of safety, but um, I think I was like ordinance manager, timekeeper, snack uh, distributor, stuff like that. Just, and I wonder why I didn't get the job. Wait, was that supposed to, when you say you wonder why you didn't get the job, is that like rhetorical? Because I'm. I'm not understanding why you didn't get it. <laughs> well, it wasn't that job. It was like uh, I found another I found another website for uh, respite care providers, and like I was kind of trying to see if I could branch out, maybe grab another family or two, like just to see. It's like one of the cool parts about being respite care providers. I'm PRN as needed, so I can kind of pick and choose. I just said that I wasn't available, um, but yeah, I was I was kind of looking. And that's what I was saying to like other other people, other families who might want to hire me. Um, did not did not get any inquiries. Sucks for them because I find out where the good snacks are. <laughs> no, but for real, no. <laughs> I'm actually in the middle of a career change myself. So I have worked customer service related jobs ever since I was 16. Started in fast oh. food, um, went to like diner waitressing. Worked at a hospital for a little bit, which I did do like housekeeping at the hospital, but they still consider the customer service because they want you to interact with the patients while you're in there and be nice to them. And I always got nominated for like, uh, like they're called um, above and beyond awards. Like, oh, Sherry came and cleaned my room and she was awesome. Like, I got nominated for stuff like that all the time. So it was pretty cool. I got gift cards a few times from patients also, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty cool. But then I went to Cigna, which I was super excited to start Cigna. Wanted that job so bad, manifested it and was able to get it, which I don't, I feel like 
me manifesting that job like I just obsessed over the fact that I wanted it so bad like I studied for my interview because I never did like a star technique interview before literally Mm -hmm. for like hours before the night before my interview was the next day just going over scenarios in my head of what can they possibly ask me what kind of scenarios can I give them how do I keep this short and sweet how do I not go off topic because I like to chat and I have ADHD (laughs) and I nailed the interview and it was one of those that you just knew once you walked out of there like they're going to offer you the job because it just felt so good. And uh, I worked in their pharmacy customer service started off as just a regular rep in a year and a half moved up to doing specialty pharmacy, being a mentor, a subject matter expert doing side by side, like live calls with, with new hires to help them with their call flow and with tenured um, representatives to make sure they're hitting their quality marks and doing escalated calls because I was just really good at my job and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really wanted to become a coach or work in quality and it just never happened for me. And I got sick of waiting and I was sick of taking phone calls all day. So I moved to disability claims, which I only moved there because it had, um, it wasn't even a better work schedule because I was working seven to three thirty at my customer representative job. And this was more of like an eight thirty to five. But I knew it was going to be more money, and I knew I wasn't going to be on the phone all day, every day, back-to-back calls. That's the reason, which is not a good, in hindsight, is not a good enough reason. That, that was the reason why I left the pharmacy department to go to claims. I went to claims and hated it so bad, it depressed me to work with people that were trying to get disability, especially if I had to deny them. And I went to a state of depression went out on short-term disability myself, went back. I tried to go back to work. The job that I found was so boring and so understimulating that I couldn't go to work because I knew I was going to sit there and be bored all day. I was like, if I'm going to sit here, I'm just going to not go to work. So that didn't work out. Ended up getting another customer service role with Progressive. That was, eh. it was one of those jobs where you just know eventually you're going to get sick of it because you're going to get sick of taking calls. The calls were easy. The training was very long. But right when we were about to, like, we were at the tail end of training. It was 12 weeks. Bless you. Thank you. Um, the tail end of the training, my daughter was hit by a car. So then I just spiraled after that. Couldn't really keep a job. Tried a few different other roles. Didn't really, I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I had zero stress management skills. Started another job as a disability claim specialist. I thought maybe that with my, it was just the company. If I, I could, I liked the work, maybe a different company would be better. And three weeks after training, they almost tripled my desk load and I got so overwhelmed and I was drowning and I was crying at my desk for like an hour and a half doing no work at least once a day. And I was, went back out on disability and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take this time to actually focus on getting my mental health better. Cause what I would do is I would go out on disability would be so afraid that my claim wouldn't get approved because it takes some time to have the medical documents reviewed and there's a chance that they won't get approved that I would just rush back to work and I would just rush back to any job and I told myself this last time that I'm going to literally take my time and apply for jobs I want not just jobs because I need one you know so I knew I didn't want to go back to claims and this opportunity arose with Evelyn Health Oh, I probably shouldn't say, huh? Well, and that, hopefully you guys aren't creepy. Um, <laughs> this opportunity arose with Evelyn Health for a quality assurance. And I honestly was so convinced that they weren't even going to consider me because I didn't have any quality assurance role specific with that title, even though I did quality assurance type of stuff when I worked at Cigna with doing the mentoring and the coaching and the side-by-sides and stuff like that. I didn't have an official quality assurance title. So I was not expecting to get an interview because every other quality assurance position I ever applied for was like, nah, bro, you don't got the experience, you know? Okay. 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 Quick pause because (laughs) I think this is really relevant. Like the fact that whenever you work one job, you actually work like you usually end up working like five freaking others. Like, You had quality assurance. 
yes. training. I have quality assurance training, but I'm not even in customer. I mean, technically, technically healthcare, but I'm customer service. These, you know, I have to make sure that you know my um, my employers are uh, happy with um, right with the care. Customer service is in- ingrained in healthcare. You can't yeah. have one without the other. I mean, you can have customer service without healthcare, but you can't have healthcare without customer service. Yeah, I, I don't know. There, 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 there's some people who fucking suck at it. I'll tell you that much. I've, yeah. I've seen some terrible. It literally, it's like it is a soul-sucking career being in customer service. It literally yes. drains you of all happiness and your light from within. I was, um, I was the other end of the spectrum. I did, I, I worked retail before. Um, I had a nice, lovely little mental cool. break, and but I had pregnancy to uh, push it off on. So, yay. <laughs> mine was but, just my, like depression anxiety and ptsd no big deal <laughs> yeah it was there was a lot of depression and anxiety and um not so much ptsd yet that came up in later like with later jobs like later issues but uh um yeah, no, but I always had pregnancies a really cool, convenient excuse. It's like, oh, I'm pregnant and they won't accommodate me. And then the people are like, Leisha, you could sue for that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Me just walking away is enough. I've got my just desserts just as long as me and baby are healthy, which is yeah. obviously like the most important thing. But, you know, I was like, hey. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I wanted to get into quality so bad. And even at Cigna, they always had openings for quality, but they wanted you to have at least six months experience as a quality assurance specialist. I'm like, bro, how am I supposed to get six months experience if you don't give it to me? <laughs> um, but I was literally doing quality. Like I was a mentor. These kids were not kids. These newbies were coming out of training and I would have like six people that I would, if you guys were customer service and you work in an office, and you have coaches and stuff, you'll know what a Y cord is where you plug your headset into one end, they plug theirs into the other and you plug it into the phone and you literally sit with them and listen to them take calls from start to finish. And in my opinion, I think giving live quality feedback is actually more nerve wracking than listening to pre-recorded calls because you have to tell someone right then and there, like, Hey, this is what you did, right? This is what you did wrong. This is how you fix it. Um, <laughs> but I got, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I feel like, I, I just have a knack for delivering constructive criticism to people to where it doesn't offend them. And it's not like you're doing this wrong. You need to fix this. It's more of like, okay, so I can see why you did it this way, especially being new. Try this approach. This is what they want you to do. For me, the easiest way for me to remember or to get there is I do this and this, and you'll find your own rhythm. The longer you've been here, but if you start taking shortcuts now or don't follow the procedures now, you'll never be, you'll never get there. Do it slow and steady first, follow the procedures first, and then you'll find your own way eventually. So like I've, I've always loved doing coaching and training every job I've ever had. I've either been a team trainer by title or I've been the go-to like, Hey, we're going to have you walk around with Sherry. She'll show you the ropes. She'll show you what to do every job I've ever had except you know the claims because I was brand new and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing so who was I gonna tell what to do but in the training class I was always someone that was just knew like I catch on to things so quickly so in training if someone didn't understand something they're like Sherry what did they say again or how do you do this again I've always been that person so I'm extremely extremely excited to finally get an opportunity to officially be quality assurance and to never, ever, ever, if I can keep this job, you know, mentally, <laughs> have to talk to another customer on the phone ever again. And I'm oh. hoping and praying <laughs> and pleading with whatever gods are out there and karma and everybody that gives good vibes and positive energy that this job is everything that I'm hoping it is and more and I don't hate it what I'm concerned about is my attention span with listening to phone calls and how boring that will be but looking at my job description and all the things that 
come with quality assurance, it's so much more than just listening to calls. And there's so much more that I'm doing. So I think I'm really, really going to like it. And I'm super, super excited to start this journey. We're all proud of her. We're very proud. We're very excited. Thank you. It only took me how many years to finally land the job that I wanted? Well, I mean, okay, that's not fair because you haven't, like, you knew that you wanted to do it back whenever you worked at Cigna. That was about the time whenever you and I started being friends. So what, four years? Yeah, Um, we became really good friends in 2018, but we met in 2017. Yes. So I did that right off the top of my head. I didn't even count. I didn't even, like, think about it. That was just like, bleh. Yeah, I started at Cigna in 2017 in September, and uh, we became friends in 20, like, really good friends in 2018. Yeah. Right, right. right. So, I mean, at that point, like, you were already trying to duck and dodge away from, you know, customer service and stuff, and, like, you were were trying to get, you know, you, you were trying to, like, make moves to better your situation back then. Like, back then, though, it didn't have, like, quality wasn't in the lingo, it, it might have been something that you might have mentioned passively, like, oh, man, like, I tried trying out, for, like, I tried applying for the quality control position, but, you know, it didn't really it was out. coaching. It, I was obsessed with becoming a coach back then, because that's what I right. wanted. I wanted to have my own team and literally, like, be able to sit with them, work with them on improving their calls, because quality is different than coaching. But I think that this role that I'm about to take is a combination, like, I'll be working with, you know, the managers, and I'm not sure if I'm working directly with the agents or not. But it's more than just listening to a call and grading it. Whereas with coaching, um, you get the reports from quality and you work with your team to get the numbers up to find what, where they're, what they're missing out on and to help them improve, which is what I wanted to do desperately at Cigna was become a coach. Right. And I mean, like you, you had tried for that spot and it didn't pan out. So then like you, you went ahead and you went to disability and then like another coaching position came up and you tried for it again. And it was just Mm -hmm. like, and that was kind of, kind of the beginning of the end in the spiral. So four years, like Mm -hmm. that's, in my opinion, that's not too terribly long. I obviously it's it's a while, but I don't think you should be so hard on yourself whenever it comes to that, like how long Mm -hmm. it took you to get where you're at. Yeah. And like with me, especially since I'm learning that I have adult onset ADHD, because I don't think I had ADHD like this when I was younger. If it, I if did. I did, it was not this severe in this, se- in this sense. Like I did really good in school. Like, yeah, I had issues paying attention, but every kid does at some point, you know, but I did very well in school. Like I got mostly A's and B's um, except for math because fuck math. Fuck math. But I did very well in school, you know, I mean, school was like my escape. It was like my home. Like I, I was so comfortable with school. I loved school and I loved my friends at school. Like I just enjoyed it. I know a lot of people don't have that experience with school, but when you have a shitty home life and school is an escape, just, you know, wrap your brain around that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I forget what I was saying. So let's switch to something else. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Like I said, I'm 25 years old. I'm in a relationship. I have a daughter starting a new career path for myself. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you don't already know, I am uh, a foster kid who aged out of the system at 18. I became a foster kid when I was 10 years old. Um, My father is deceased. He was murdered when I was a baby. My mom is alive, but we have a very strained relationship. And no matter how many times I think I want to patch it when I try, I get very upset because she's just never going to be the person I want her to be. And I'm not ever going to have the relationship with her that I want, like the one I have with me and Kylie. So I just, you know, kind of take it with a grain of salt. I do have two sisters. Both of them are older than I am. Both of them struggle with addiction and other things like that. That's a, we can talk about that another day. That's a story for another time. Again, I have an amazing, phenomenal relationship with Kylie's father him and I co-parent like a dream. Like literally I wish it was this easy for everyone because I don't feel like we have to try that hard. There's not a lot of compromise um, that goes on. He does. He helps me out a lot. I help him out when I can. He doesn't really ask me for much, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, Um, you take care of Kylie during the times, whatever, you know, he's at work and he can't. So, I mean, yeah, we have a very great relationship. 
Um, and I wouldn't change it for anything. So I really wish that there was more people out there. I mean, and it's not even so much with like people who are broken up. I mean, just people who have kids together in general, whether you're separated, whether you're living together, whether you're married, whatever. I wish more people had like a, the type of parenting relationship that we have. And I will say we did not have this parenting relationship when we were together. It got much, much, much better whenever we split. And that's, he was never a bad dad. That's not it at all. But the responsibility is a lot more shared and even now. And it got so much better once we broke up. And it's sad that it happened that way, but it's just on and just being honest, you know, it was not this great when we were together, at least not in my opinion, his opinion might be different, but in my opinion, like our parenting relationship is so much better now. So it's so much better. It is. I would, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I really wouldn't. Mm -mm. Yeah. That's me in a nutshell. I like video. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! I was about to say. I bet he bought though, because <laughs> there was uh, there was some stuff he didn't have to worry about. Uh, he didn't have to worry about dinner whenever y'all guys were together. Trying to figure <laughs> out like what to cook for dinner every night, or like what even what even to have for dinner. Like I'm not even gonna like shame anyone for ordering takeout because um, there's like a stack of pizza boxes over there that I'm not acknowledging because if I acknowledge it, then I have to get rid of them. But you know right. there. <laughs> trying to figure out what to have for dinner every single night is like one of the things about an adult that I just absolutely do not <laughs> do. credit for that. Do you know who figures out what they're having for dinner? Nuh-uh. It's Kylie. He calls her every day before whatever he knows she's going to be there for dinner and says, Hey babe, what do you want for dinner? And she says, I want chicken and buttered noodles or I want tacos or I want pizza. And the girl gets whatever she wants. So Kylie, <sighs> actually dictates what they eat <laughs> and he asks her what i mean there's times when he doesn't but most of the time he just calls oh, and asks her what she wants to have <laughs> see i didn't know that oh. yeah yeah kylie dictates it but i mean that listen if there's ever a girl on this planet or a person on this planet that knows what the fuck she wants and is direct about it it is her <laughs> okay yeah yeah can confirm oh man <laughs> i love that girl to death Abby's not yeah. He's much better than me. I don't, I mean, my depression prevents me from cooking a lot of times, but I don't cook. And it's because a lot of times, I want to say two nights out of the week, Kylie's at home for dinner because on Saturdays and Sundays, well, Sundays and Thursdays, usually Kylie stays the night at her dad's house. Saturdays, she's usually there pretty late. And then Tuesdays, she goes there after school. Um, so he does dinner a majority of the week Ugh. and I'm only really having to cook for more than one person, like three days out of the week. So I'm only responsible for dinner three days out of the week. And a lot of times we just have like frozen shit because I don't feel like cooking. It's hard to cook for two. You know what I mean? I'm making excuses. I don't like to cook. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't love it. I don't like it. I like to eat. I don't like to cook. See, I was reading an article that said um, it was so one th- one of the things I'm passionate about is um, diet culture and weight loss and how it's a fucking sham. Um, come after me, Jillian Michaels, whatever. Um, I was reading an article and it was talking about the um, the basically the unrealisticness of. I'm sure people like if you have any interest in losing weight and you've seen this motivational quote, um, if your grandparents wouldn't recognize it as food, don't eat it. It's not good for you. As opposed to what my great grandfather used to say, if it tastes good, spit it out. It's not good for you. Um, <laughs> That's the truth though. Oh my yeah. God. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> taste good. <laughs> Um, <laughs> thanks you're too afraid to ask your mom about vibes um, right <laughs> um so um. in the in the article you know she was debunking a lot of it and uh she went and asked her grandmother who was still living who was in you know a care home um a long-term care facility and uh 
Nailed she that. Said, yeah. So she's like, she had come through and like had seen the, you know, had seen, I don't think she's still living, but the grandmother had seen the difference in the days of, you know, having your own farm, having land and, you know, being reliant upon, you know, cooking every day because, you know, fucking women's work for the most part. You know, she was married and had children of her own. So, and she was a stay-at-home mom. So it's like, yeah, she was responsible for the cooking bit. And uh, she went and uh, was sitting down and talking to her grandmother. Um, They had lunch together. And uh, she said, do you miss, um, do you miss cooking? And the grandmother said, no, I'm perfectly happy to never cook a day in my life ever again. And I felt that on a deep yeah. personal level, even though I'm only 27. And I, I also think a lot of that comes with like nature versus nurture. Like if you're the type of person that you've had to do all the cooking and cleaning, at some point you get sick of that. Oh God. And, or if no one's ever taught you how to cook with passion, it's always been a chore. You're never going to, you're never going to learn to love it. You know, people have to learn to love stuff in my opinion. I just, I think, I don't know, maybe my mom, my mom cooked most of our meals growing up. Um, most of my meals growing up because budget, you know, I'm sure she would have absolutely loved to have takeout every night of the week, but you know, with the budget, the way it was, whenever I was younger, that wasn't really an option. Um, McDonald's was like a special trip out and I appreciated it a lot more than I did. Well, no, I don't, I didn't appreciate it more than I do now because uh, back then I'm like, yay, McDonald's. Now I'm like, yay, I don't have to fucking cook. Um, yeah. <laughs> but and my mom now too, because we don't have one parent at home in a lot of households where like there, I mean, and it sucks that that was the expectation that they have dinner on the table, but you know, that was one of the major responsibilities was to have dinner on the table. We're now where a lot of families are both parents or even just single parents have to work. The last thing you want to do when you fucking get off of work is cook. Right. I mean, even as a stay at home mom, the last thing I want to do is fucking cook. And let me just say that I've got my Instapot is my best fucking friend. Okay. Because (laughs) I can dump shit in there and go, look, I I could choose to saute my meat in there, but I'm extra and I'm fancy and I'll just do the extra dish to, you know, fry my meat in the pan. But I love past- searing it first. I love that. Well, you can sear it in the Instapot. It's got a freaking saute option and it gets hot enough, but I, I worry about draining the grease, but that's neither here nor there. My Instapot <laughs> is my best fucking friend because it it is like the elevated crock pot. Because I can have a dinner that's supposed to be like a six-hour affair done in 30 minutes. I did it yesterday. Um, we had we had chili for dinner. And I was so thankful that it was something that I could just throw in the Instapot. That all I had to do was just sear the meat. Th- drain the meat. Throw it in. And then while my meat was cooking, I was, you know, I was doing, I was putting the beans in and all the other fun stuff. The rest of the stuff that I throw in there. So... Like, even as a stay-at-home mom, cooking is a fucking chore, my people. And yeah. if you love cooking, I'm so fucking happy for you. But I I do not. And that's coming from someone who grew up on home-cooked meals. And my mom, maybe some nuts it was more of a chore than others. But it never really, she never made it clear that that was her burden. One of her burdens. Yeah, I mean, I, you really, for me, like, I, I really feel like cooking has to come from a place of love and passion, because I'll get where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really in the mood to make this, and I'll hype myself up for it, and then when I'm actually making it, like, it's not a big deal, because I'm in the mood for it, I prepared right. myself to do it, I'm right. excited for it, but then when I'm not excited to have to cook, I'm just like, oh, my God, do I have anything frozen in my freezer? And that's me, that's my downfall. I love sweets, and I like processed food that's bad for you and i understand that most adults they're probably listening to this some of you guys can relate but they're just like well you have to so just do it my brain i I want you to understand something about people with depression adhd mental illness in general our brains don't work that way at least not mine okay i know that there are lots of things that you're just supposed to do 
because it's the social norm because that's what everyone's doing is that's how you're raised that's what you're taught my brain was so oppressed as a child as a teenager because I had to do stuff just because I was forced to do it that as an adult with free will over my own actions and what I have to do that's not enough for me it can't be like oh yeah I know I have to do this I'm gonna do it no my, my brain has to find and seeks enjoyment in doing stuff because I got no enjoyment from doing anything as a kid. So as... I seek, I need the enjoyment to be there or I'm not going to do it. And I'm sorry if you're listening and shaking your head, but that's how my brain works now. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, I had a healthy childhood and where I wasn't made to do shit because my mother thought that my um, childhood was more important than... Um, then forming, you know, habits as an adult. That's something that her and my dad fought about frequently behind my back, not even in front of me. Like I said, good, nice, lovely, healthy childhood. Um, I wasn't made to do shit as a child. And I was occasionally made to do one or two things. Um, I was very spoiled in retrospect. Uh, I have task avoidance like a motherfucker. I know I need to do the thing. But I get stuck in this weird limbo where I'm anxious about doing the thing that I need to do, but I can't physically get up and do it. And then I'm freaking anxious because I won't, because I'm not doing it. And then whenever I finally do get up to do it, I don't know how to do it because I don't know how to, my brain doesn't know how to break down the task. Yeah. And that's because we have all or nothing brains. Like I still, even I can, I can talk about it out loud and understand the concept, but still mm-hmm. can't apply it. I mm-hmm. am not a one step at a time person. I'm an instant gratification person. So since I'm an instant gratification impatient type of person, it is hard for me to do things in steps. So if you're one of those people that you see like a messy house, like even like someone that's like a hoarder, which my house isn't that bad. You can go into that house and be like, okay, we're going to tackle this, 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 and this, and this. I'm going to walk into that house and be like, I'm not going to be able to get this all done today. I'm not doing it. So I'm not able to break things down into tasks or take things one step at a time. And then I get mad. And that's one thing I've struggled with my whole life as far as depression and anxiety goes, because I have things, I have a severe driving anxiety, especially after Kylie's accident where I beat myself up because I can't drive. But my therapist who I'm working with, she's amazing, has been phenomenal. The past two months I've been working with her has told me like you can't work on 10 things at once sherry you can't work on um finding a better job and um sticking to the job and being there um for the long haul not calling off of work all of those things rolled into one is hard to do at once you got to focus on one task at a time and she's like you can't do that on top of wanting to lose weight and worrying about your weight and your health on top of wanting to keep your house clean on top of making sure that you're implementing gentle parenting every day, on top of um, making sure that maybe you should try cooking some more, on top of wanting to get back behind the wheel after a traumatic accident. And when you do get back behind the wheel, you're going to want to make these lot. You're not going to make a cross-country road trip. You have to do it in baby steps. And she listed off like 10 things that I'm trying to do at once. And she said, literally, you can't do that. That's why I'm not getting anywhere. So, as a side note, therapists, doctors, doctors used to prescribe cocaine. That's, that's, that's why your, that's why your great grandma or your grandma used to get all that shit done is because she was, she was running. Her engine was running at a speed in which ours, we, ours don't even turn over most days. Yeah. But, but yeah. there's like what I wouldn't give. They used to prescribe they used to prescribe cocaine and vibrators to women. <laughs> now, masturbation prescriptions. Fuck, it's fucking like the hiss, the hiss part of like hysterectomy and stuff. Like, because because the periods were like original like fucking hysteria. They they thought women were in hysterics because like whenever we got our fucking period. Yeah. Yeah, so freaking vibrators and cocaine. Like, vibrators for that one time of the month, and then, like, cocaine for the rest of it. Like, no wonder women got shit done. I mean, their husbands were beating on them and that other stuff, but and they didn't really have rights, but cocaine and vibrators, my dudes. 
but yeah like that's something that I mean I I'm getting better with it and it's something that I know like I know Rome wasn't built in a day and I hate that fucking I hate that saying but for me as someone like I said that have ADHD I need instant gratification I'm impatient I get so frustrated with myself and I'm not making progress and then I start to revert back because it's not happening as fast as I like or it's not going the way I want it to go and then if something a bump comes in the road I'm not prepared for it and then my stress management levels are so like my stress management skills right now are so obsolete after getting diagnosed with PTSD that then I just like like my brain goes haywire. Like if you're ever playing the slots and you know those classic slots with the triple sevens, but when you first pull the lever and it's spinning, 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 my brain just goes straight to that. And then I can't, it doesn't sort itself out. So I'm slowly learning that I can't tackle 20 projects at once and expect to perfect all 20 projects in one day. And I have to figure out what's most important, start there and just kind of work on things one step at a time, one day at a time. And it's a fucking lot. I have a lot to work work on. I have a lot to go through. And I think that it's very overwhelming to think of it in the broad spectrum. But we're not supposed to think of every task that we need to work on. We're supposed to focus on the task at hand and I'm going to work on it. And I need you, Leisha, and you listeners to hold me accountable to that. Ugh. I hate being self-aware. Like, you know <laughs> that's a, that, 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 that there's a lot of shit. And, like, being self-aware and logical is, like, the worst fucking curse. Like, it is. I, I could continue just, you know, being a useless pile of garbage. But no. I know I'm being a useless pile of garbage and I have potential and I can <laughs> do better. Like, no, oh. now there's guilt. Like, right. fuck. Fuck me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that comes with being mentally ill is just we are self-aware. Learning and, to be self-aware. Yeah, learning to, at least in like our experience. Yeah, so that, that's me in a nutshell. I'm a big ball of anxiety. Um, had a pretty shitty childhood. Um, <coughs> my teenage years were not much better. Stands the fact that I had two amazing best friends named Randy and Andy. It was my aunt and uncle. They made my time there worth living. Rest in peace, Randy. Um, next episode, I'd like to dive into that further, like things that's been going on with our lives. And we can talk about grief and losing a loved one and stuff like that in the next episode. But, um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I'm super, super, super excited to get back on track. I'm in much better place, like I said. Well, actually, I didn't. I said this in the first one and didn't actually repeat it yet. I'm in yeah. a much better place mentally, emotionally. I did say physically last time. That's not true. I'm in a better, a better place mentally and emotionally to work on this podcast now. We tried to do the podcast two months out from my daughter's accident and it was just not, it was not the right timing. It was good intentions, not right timing. Now we have better intentions and the timing is much better. So I'm very much looking forward to building our fan base, being consistent. And hopefully in five years from now, we have like a national podcast that like millions of viewers listen to, right? Because that's the goal. <laughs> Merch. Merch is the goal. Oh, uh, we have small so goals, Gary. Small goals. There's so many merch ideas. Yeah, you're right. I literally just said, "Oh, in five years, we'll have millions of viewers <laughs> have their just lecturing about hey, one hey. small mask at a time." <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I like where your brain's at, but see, that's why we're a team. You're like, we're gonna be famous, and I'm like, let's sell merch. <laughs> and, then, and in reality, we should be like, let's consistently upload for two months and then see. How ah, no, no, no. Oh man. Oh my gosh, is this gonna go up before Turkey Day? Because like, ugh. I mean, we can put it up whenever you whenever you feel like it. Like, I'll edit it tomorrow and post it if you'd like. I liked posting on Sundays. I always thought that was great. It was a good day. Um, 
Mondays is good too because then we don't have to rush on Saturdays to record. We can get Sunday too. So I'm good with posting Mondays. It doesn't. Bo- I'm good with it. Start the week off right with feeling chatty podcast. Know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, when else will we be recording? Question mark. We can. Yeah. Let's let's discuss that. Let's discuss that. Um. Af- off the after we're done recording, we can set up a schedule. <laughs> Y'all guys don't know. We don't either. <laughs> But yeah, um, so this podcast is going to go up before Thanksgiving. So if you're one of our American listeners, we hope that if you do have people to spend the holiday with, that you have a fantastic holiday. For those of you, which I've been there, and I know that loneliness and emptiness, don't have anyone to celebrate the holidays with. I hope that you find the strength to make it through this holiday season because it can be very debilitating to be alone, especially when holidays are about togetherness and you guys are in my thoughts and in my heart, and I'm here with you. You just got all deep, and I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. <laughs> Sorry, guys. My emotional intelligence is like, she was like, oh, Leisha's so emotionally intelligent, and she's such a good friend and like an active listener. I don't think you said that, but you've told me that before. And I'm just like, brain empty, no thoughts, only Animal Crossing. Well, why don't you send us out for the week then? Only <laughs> Animal Crossing. I don't fucking know, man. You oh my God. Like, oh. So we didn't talk about what we're playing or what we're watching. So we will definitely do that next podcast because the finale of GBBO is this weekend. Oh, and fucking really i still haven't watched last episode so we'll be able to talk about the semifinals and the finale and all the happenings of gbbo i would really love to talk about you know recent events with my friend passing and recent events that's been going on just in our lives in general um did you have any last words you want to like send us home bring us home is that how it's sign off there it is the know. sign off would you like to do the sign off i can i can i, I can Let's do it. Why don't you just stay calm, eat a moon pie, and don't murder people. Oh, wait, that's a TikTok. Um, oh, arm- copyright? Okay. Armadillas keep digging. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Okay, no, I'm sorry. Okay, um, thank you for tuning in to Feeling Chatty. This is Alicia, that's Sherry. I hope that you better you feel like you kind of know us and understand us a little bit better we'll be referring to some of the stuff that we talked about in this episode and future episodes um because our kids are like really super important in our lives and like the circumstances in which we are living our lives so from here on out we will be talking about you know things that are relevant to us pop culture motherhood um random adhd rabbit holes um don't listen in front of your kids because I cuss. I did really good this time, but I make absolutely no promises. And I hope you have a great rest of your whatever it is, day, night, mid-afternoon. Um, it, it, get some sleep. Stay hydrated. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.